0: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pozibot, and you are listening to part three of episode 15 of VGM Generations. With me, as always, is Aaron Belauchuk. Hello. And Jordan Balitsky. Hello out there. And in this series of episodes, we have been talking about video game music evolution, so themes that have stuck around us, stuck around with us for a long time and have changed throughout the years. And it is Aaron's turn to go first. So what do you have for us this week, Aaron? Me first.
1: Okay, I have um, a series you've heard of. It's called the Super Mario Brothers
0: series. Hey, that's a great one. Hey,
2: what do Mar- you know? Mario or Mario? It's Mario. <laughs> okay.
1: Hi-ho the Mario.
2: That's never going to work. So, it, No, Mario. How does Mario himself say it? Mario! That was when he got a voice yeah. uh, when he went 3D, but when he was 2D... He never like the, 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 the accent was a little different. It was more like <laughs> Mario. No, Maybe You didn't no. have a voice. Huh? What uh, do you mean?
0: Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about?
2: What did they hey, say? If you're trying to convince me that it's Mario, I'm it messing with happened. you. Yeah. yeah. What did, I I'm sure even in the really bad movie they uh, they said Mario as well, right? Did they? I, I never saw the really what, bad movie. I have a the, confession. How about I've never the, seen uh,
0: movie. the TV show. It's the Mario Mario Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Captain
1: Captain Lou Albano knew to say Mario. He said Mario Brothers. Everybody said Mario. So it's
0: Mario. All right. Now that that's out of the way. (laughs) We've
1: clarified that it actually is the Mario Brothers series. Not the Mario Brothers series. Right. So don't say it wrong. Anyway, this song that I'm doing is the airship theme, which first appeared in Super Mario Brothers 3, which I believe came out in North America in 1990. And the airship theme, if you don't know Mario Brothers, I'm going to explain this very briefly. Yeah, uh, Mario Brothers Three is awesome. Yes. it's eight worlds where you uh, you know you travel around this little map and you go in your little levels. and then at the end of every level, there's a castle, and the castle's not really a level, you kind of transfer to an airship. And the airships in the game all had the same theme. and it was this awesome, imposing track. And uh, one thing I'm gonna go back to the history of this because we're talking about the evolution of music now. They used this track in the first game I'm talking about, Mario Brothers 3 is where it first appeared. Yep. And the second version I'm going to be talking about is the uh, Mario Galaxy version of that same theme. But this song goes even further back than that because our composer friend Koji Kondo... <laughs> the lazy, unoriginal... lazy, <laughs> unoriginal Koji Kondo, yes. Totally ripped God, off I hope this Ko- song. Koji
0: Kondo never listens.
2: He's not going <laughs> to listen now, that's for sure. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he, he hates us actively. He's going to put a hit on us or that's something. That's right. But... uh Essentially, this song, amongst other Mario songs, was stolen. And this one was stolen from a composer named Gustav Holst, who wrote a suite of songs called The Planets between the years 1914 to 1916. So very was, famous. Yes, very famous. So you, I mean, even if you've never heard of the composer or the suite, you've probably heard this music before in something. It's used in a lot of things. You'll see it in, like, commercials and trailers and that kind of stuff.
0: Movies, yeah. Movies all, and that kind of thing. All the time,
1: yep. In fact, interesting uh, fun fact about this is that when – um, John Williams was originally writing the score to Star Wars. W- what George Lucas had done, he'd put a temp track in there in all the oh, scenes like just scratch to set the out. And his scratch track was the planets. Oh wow. That's exactly what it was. Uh, so cool. when he gave it to John Williams, he's like, you know, kinda do it like this. And the hilarious thing is John Williams, in a lot of things, like ripped off a lot of the motifs. Oh really? So, yeah, oh, I straight thought, out of I I the no, window. He say just threw it out, out
2: the window. <laughs> you listen
1: to some of the music in Star Wars, and it's like Oh yeah, that's right out of the planets. That's right out of the planets. Would that like, be like
2: the Imperial March would be like the, the airship thing? No, see, because that okay. was
1: Empire Strikes Back. So okay. by that time he had to, he was forced to do original stuff. But back when they were first doing this, and maybe Star Wars was, you know, it's this one-off throwaway project that nobody yeah, really believed know. in. Yeah. So what they did is he basically you listen to that, and there are parts in it where it's like exact, straight out of the planets. <laughs> well, almost exact. He changed a few things. He he changes it more than Koji Kondo does. We'll just say that. <laughs> But it's it's almost directly ripped out of that. So you so prob- the lazy, <laughs> the lazy,
0: useless John Williams and the lazy, useless <laughs> Co- <laughs> two of my favorite composers <laughs> exactly, of all time yeah. who, are,
1: who are super lazy. But uh, the airship theme was stolen from the first movement of that suite, which was seven seven different movements, and the first one was called Mars, the bringer of war, and each one obviously is called the planets, so it's they're named after different planets. Is it all the Roman names, or or like referencing the Roman? Yes. Names? Okay. So it's like uh, you get uh, Jupiter and you get you know that kind of thing. I I, I can't. I'm not going to name them all out. You don't know my all head the planets. You no, know, <laughs> I don't. I don't know all of the planets in this one. You, you it's got seven got two. There's <laughs> <laughs>
2: the one we live on.
1: <laughs> there was no Earth movement. I'm afraid.
2: So. <laughs> okay. No, it's it's yeah. just
1: the celestial, heavenly body planets. Okay. Yeah. The ones that uh, you know that inspired people to write songs like this. And he was trying to actually fit the song specifically to not just the planet, but also it's sort of like Roman God counterpart yeah. as well. So Mars, obviously the Venus bringer of war. Venus would have been one. Yeah. And it's, and Mars is specifically, I can't, I can't remember what Venus is, but they all have like a subtitle Love. to them as well. So it would be like yeah, Mars cause bringer of war, Venus, like, I don't know if it's the bringer of love. of love, but yeah. anyway, yeah. it's, it's all follows that theme. So the bringer of war piece is very like bombastic. It's all like big timpanies and, and drums and that kind of stuff. And it's very imperialistic, like a marching kind of, kind of thing. So this was stolen by Koji Kondo for super Mario brothers three. So, uh, uh maybe we should just go right into the first, uh, version of the song for, for, so the airship theme from super Mario brothers three. thing about that its not a funny thing but I, I used to play the trumpet in a band and one time it's kind of funny that yeah. is that is <laughs> pretty <laughs> funny. Just funny i, just, I did too. <laughs> it's hilarious but uh i used to play a trumpet in a band and we actually played mars the bringer of war once and i was super excited because yeah. it was the mario brothers three airship theme and like <laughs> i gave it my all like i couldn't care less about any of the other crap they were playing maybe we played the superman theme once and that was really exciting yeah but uh, that's a great one though oh yeah well, I've just mentioned that I'm a huge John Williams fan. I have an extensive John Williams album collection. And any time in band we got to play, like we played, you played the end credits theme from Empire Strikes Back, we played the Superman theme, and we played the Raiders March from Indiana Jones before. Yeah. And those are, those are great.
0: Yeah, All my was favorite great. was uh, we got to do some of the Hans Zimmer stuff when I was in mm-hmm. band, and that was like, that blew my mind. I was so pumped. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, those are, the, those are the themes of my childhood too. Yeah, so. Exactly. Yeah, I just I mean we've just heard the Mario Brothers 3 Airship theme. It's the theme that you all know and love and probably heard if you're a fan of video game music at all, you're probably very familiar with that. So now let's play a little snippet of the actual Mars the Bringer of War and hear how that compares. <laughs> It's good. I mean, if you're going to steal from something, you know,
0: might as well steal from the best, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's,
1: it's really good. I, I'm very excited too, because our local uh, symphony orchestra is actually doing the planets this
0: season and I'm going to go see it. So yeah. Yeah. How many times have you seen this? Got to be more than uh, one. No, no, I've never actually oh, really? seen
1: them play the planets in concert. Not as a whole piece. Unbroken. Yeah. 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 Not, not, not as the entire suite. You know, suite. Yeah. yeah. So. That's cool. Sweet, excited. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, so anyway, Galaxy. So we'll fast forward to the year 2007 uh, on the GameCube. Was it the GameCube? No, no. it was the Wii. Wii. It was the Sunshine Wii. was on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. So the Wii was the appearance of Super Mario Galaxy, and they also had airships in the game, and they also had this awesome theme, which I think appeared very prominently in the intro as well. I think there's the intro of the game I'm thinking back, I'm doing this all from memory. So if you remember, there's like this star festival and Mario's like running through this little town and there's toads everywhere and little star bits are raining. From yeah. He's sky. like running
2: up a path to this yeah. place
1: at the top of the hill. Yeah. yeah. To
2: the castle. I think yeah, he's going yeah. to meet
1: peach or something like that. And star bits are falling in the sky. And of course like Bowser and his cronies sail in with their airships and it cuts to like this theme. Yeah. And it's just absolutely awesome. So Um, I'll talk a little bit about afterwards but let's cut right in to keep that other song fresh in your mind right into the airship theme from Super Mario Galaxy. It's really, it's really nice because I mean, you hear this rendition is faithful to the original. Yeah. And it's a great updating of it in full orchestral style, right? Yeah. And so the uh, the game soundtrack actually was done completely in or- like as a orchestral music, and they composed twenty eight orchestral songs, which was performed by a fifty person symphony orchestra.
0: Fantastic. Impressive, Impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. They, had, the,
0: a, they had that like
1: special. Edition album that came out, right? Yes, they yeah. do. Actually, the that album, which I only have the stolen digital version of. Yeah, uh, that's where this version.
0: Yeah, that we've heard. I think you from. got it with a. If I'm not mistaken, you got it with a special edition of the Wii. It was a uh, after the Wii came out, there was a black, uh, black variant of the Wii that came out, and it was like a Mario. I think it came with. Uh, I don't think it came with Galaxy. It came with Super Mario Bros. Wii, I believe. Huh. And the Wii was black, and you got like black controllers, and you got this album as well because my sister has it. And she, Damn. her friend, gifted her that Wii. Oh. So
2: that's too bad because I have the black Wii and I never got no game. But that's because <laughs> I bought it hand. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I I don't have that, but what I do have is uh, when I bought Super Mario Galaxy, it came with a col- um, limited edition collectible coin. Yes, I have that so coin, do you have too. The coin. Yeah. yeah I love awesome. that coin. Yeah. Actually, now, it reminded me of that coin. I've got to. Uh, I've going to find it, dig it out, keep it on display.
0: Yeah, I have it uh, with some of my toys on my desk, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I've got a couple of stories and I'm going to apologize because I've basically stolen these stories verbatim from uh, Wikipedia. Ah, oh, sorry. But, <laughs> just because we want to learn a little bit about uh, Super Mario Galaxy because there are a few facts here that I didn't know that were quite interesting. So the soundtrack was composed by not just Koji Kondo, who is the sound supervisor on the game, but also a composer at Nintendo called Mahito Yakoda And so... Anyway, he was, Mejito Yukoto was the main composer on the game. And I guess he was, he originally wanted Super Mario Galaxy to have a Latin American style of music, which keeps
0: in line with a lot of the previous Mario games. They had kind of uh, a Calypso. And we talked about that a bit with my Yoshi drums last week. They had, it kind of became more Brazilian kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And you get a lot of things that have like steel drums and Calypso and bongos. And we talked about all that in the last one. But uh, So he even composed 28 tracks for this game in the Latin style, specifically. And, and he, he took these, and he had added a synthesizer to replicate some spacey kind of sounds to put in there as well. And it was actually approved by the game's director. But then Yakoda took it to Koji Kondo. And Koji Kondo said, this was no good. It was oh. too original. <laughs> he, just, he just told him that it was no good. Oh, wow. So, so when he asked why his music was rejected, Kondo responded, if somewhere in your mind you have an image that Mario is cute, please get rid of it. Oh. Because apparently his original
2: style was done like for children. Very Very cutesy. poppy, cutesy, light kind of stuff. And this was meant to be a more serious toned Mario game. As far as a serious toned Mario game could go, (laughs) I guess. Well, I think that's always the way uh, Koji Kondo has seen it. It's not like specifically a
1: game for children. Like this is Something to be taken seriously. If you think that Mario is a goofy cartoon character for kids, yeah. get that image out of your mind, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I can see, just especially with this game, just in the scale of it, because it is like you're flying among planets and you're like running around planets, mm. it would feel a little weird if it was so like upbeat and poppy, right? Like it it's kind of the well, music, the orchestra gives it a feeling of
1: a grand scale. scale. And yeah. it's exactly going back to that Gustav Holst the Planets. Is yeah. It totally fits in with that sort of like bombastic yeah. planetary... Well, it's literally
0: called the planets yeah. and you're running around planets. Like, it just works. <laughs> and,
1: you know, I got to just put in a little interjection that interjection there that the uh, mechanic of Super Mario Galaxy was just awesome. Like, the little oh, yeah. planets. The gravity. The gravity, and gravity yeah, it's just Slinging between different one planets. Of, one of the best Mario games,
2: games ever and uh, quite the epic adventure for Mario. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. Like, I, I think... I think it was uh interesting that it wasn't just go save the princess again either. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, right? And in, in this one it was all about uh saving um Rosalina and the yeah. her, her her star children or whatever they were called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. about the restoring lumas. all the lumas. yeah the lumas, exactly yeah. yeah.
1: And now in my head, I kind of... I, I might get a little mixed up between... Uh, one and two. One and two. Yeah. But I think you were on Starship Mario and you were going to the, the second one. That was the second one. Yeah. Because yeah. you're on a big head that was shaped like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, because the yeah. toads find like Starship Mario and they're like, you need to pilot this ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is bizarre. <laughs> it looks like it your looks face. It looks like your head, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, continuing on with the uh, other story. So um, anyway, Yakota was told that his music was no good for yeah. the game. And he was so mad that he almost
2: quit his job. Like yeah. right there Well, you can spot. see how yeah. that would
0: be pretty harsh. Like you go through, compose 28 songs,
2: which is no small feat. Yeah. And then be told none of it's any good. Could he not have just composed one or two songs first? And yeah, just, I know. Like, yeah, I'm I probably should have done a little just test. Just checking in, but yeah. <laughs> am I up to a good start?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, Kondo said back to the drawing board. You need yeah. to take all this stuff and start again. And uh, according to a statement from Yakoda later on, he said he was... Um, it's a, he was under the impression that Mario suited for children. He created the cute music to be that targeted audience. So what he did is three months later, he presented three different music styles to Shigeru Miyamoto. So that's the it, way he
2: should have started. Well, cause you don't like make a game and say, what do you think? And then they say, I don't <laughs> like it. Like he, he did the whole soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. So he did the whole soundtrack. And then later on, this is the
1: way he decided to do it. So he took these three songs to Miyamoto. Yeah. And the, uh, one piece was orchestral well, other one was like a more of a light poppy, the cute sort of kid music. And one was a combination of sort of the orchestral and the light cute music. So uh, kind of a mix of them. And Miyamoto chose the orchestral piece as he said it sounded the most space-like. Maybe Miyamoto even had it in his head from watching Star Wars that, you know, yeah. that's just what space music sounds like, right? Yeah. And then you kind of stated that Miyamoto chose the piece without knowing that Kondo
0: actually wrote that piece. Oh, Okay. So, so he presented it as his own, but it was I, actually Kondo I don't think
1: he presented it as his own. Okay. He didn't he just give any credit it. Here's, some three, he says, here's, here's three pieces three, of music. Which yeah. do you like for the game? Okay. And Kondo, and he picked, Miyamoto picked the Kondo piece, yeah. which must have been another blow to his uh, ego. Yeah, <laughs> man, this guy <laughs> had a rough go on this game. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I <laughs>
0: feel bad for this composer.
1: <laughs> Through the ringer. Yeah. Yeah, it actually says, uh, Yokota revealed that he initially struggled to create music that sounded like a Super Mario game, and, but as time progressed, he declared his songs he made for the game had become natural. So it just sounds like off the top, this is probably the first Mario game he composed for. Yeah, and He struggled with it a ridiculous amount and probably yeah. composed three times the amount of music that he, that he had to. And I think, uh, I, I don't have the note in front of me, but he composed, he still composed the majority of the music for the game with Kondo contributing about three or four songs to the
0: overall soundtracks. Well, good for him for persevering. Yeah. Cause that would be a rough, but like, you can see how that would really be a blow to an, to an artist, yeah, to, oh, totally. To be just be told this is no good. Go back to the drawing board. Goes back to the drawing board. Creates two more different styles of music, and then the th- the third one is his predecessors. Yeah, and the, his predecessors is still picked, and then he keeps going. Like that's that's rough. And the good <laughs> thing is,
1: like, you, he still you stick with it and persevere because I mean, this is like you're working It's, work Nintendo. On games, like, it's yeah. Nintendo, and you're working on Mario. Mario. This yeah. is the flagship series of Nintendo. Yeah. So you you stick with it, and he did a fantastic job. I. Love the music, the whole, music, the whole soundtrack soundtrack yeah, is fantastic Galaxy is Absolutely. phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. And it was the first time they did an orchestral soundtrack to a Mario game and God, I wish they would do it every time because it was just yeah. a beautiful game, a beautiful soundtrack and uh, a great mechanics all packaged together.
0: Well, I think the, from the trailer of Odyssey for the switch, I think we're going to get um, some more orchestral music just based on the music in the trailer. From that, uh, from the new Switch game. So yeah, I hope
1: so. I mean, uh, I don't really. I mean, it's
0: kind of traveling all over. It's this one's traveling all over the world more than traveling around oh, f- to different planets. This
1: but. one almost seems like different dimensions. It's almost like Mario yeah, traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. to yeah. different yeah. styles. It's, it's like here you are in realistic New York. Here's like wacky, goofy, abstract jungle. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. So I hope. I hope actually, it'd be nice if they didn't just do it orchestral, but they co- sort of like jump around in styles just like they're jumping around in styles. In the yeah, game, they might so. get a, a
2: chiptune soundtrack for one of the, <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. the, the retro world.
0: Let, let Anna Managuchi do like a,
2: a world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall what Mario game it was, but I remember them talking about the difficulties in having an or- orchestral soundtrack because they mentioned and by they I don't I don't recall who I'm talking about, but someone at Nintendo said that it influenced the momentum of the game too much and it was hard to create a soundtrack that way because it almost uh, um, influenced the player and how they moved. And I think it was the Mario galaxy yes, series. It was
1: specifically Mario galaxy. Cause what, ha- what happened there is that I think, I, I think it was Miyamoto who was actually overly concerned that yeah. the tempo of the music would influence how the player actually played the game. And I know that they had the orchestra record the songs at different tempos. And on yeah. top of that, they even synced up. This is one of the games where they actually synced up some of the soundtrack, some of the sound effects to what was happening in the soundtrack in order to th- make sure everything
2: jived. So mm-hmm. they
1: actually had the tempo speed up and slow down and just sort of like match.
2: And I thought they uh, they did a couple playthroughs, and then they mm-hmm. sort of got the rhythm of the player, and when they hit certain points in the game, they thought that might be a, a good way to m- match the tempo as well. Mm-hmm. They probably had a few different processes going yeah. on. Yeah, it's it, really interesting. You'd you think some of the songs they've had in their in their library for all these decades, like it would be easy to just do another Mario song, but it sounds actually fairly complicated. Well, it was complicated then, and I know
1: we've even talked about in previous ones, is that ever since New Super Mario Brothers, it seems like they've been recycling the same yeah. <laughs> yeah. music, and it's heavily synthesized, and it's all about, you know, that little
3: Marr. kind yeah. of sound every yeah. time
1: the turtles do a little dance, dance move. So yeah. it does seem like they've gotten a little... Uh, little slack in that, especially yeah, since I, the grandeur that was Mario Galaxy. So.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, of the modern Mario soundtracks, Galaxy is probably my favorite. Yeah,
1: and I hope that the new Mario Odyssey, Odyssey on the Switch is a return to form. I
0: actually. think it will be. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. All right, so that's it for uh, the airship theme, and now we'll go on to my pick. Uh, and I am... When you say evolution in games, there's only one thing I think of, and that is... <laughs> I was gonna say evo the evo. Uh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> the, evolutionary adventure that makes sense, but um no pokemon when i when I think Pokemon or when I think games and evolution, the only thing that pops in my head is Pokemon, so I was like, I gotta find a Pokemon song that has evolved throughout the years um that I can use for this series so uh and i i I read a few articles um about the Pokemon music, but uh one of the, one of the things that's actually very consistent in the Pokemon games is that the music is never the same twice with the exception of the Pokemon center theme. That's the only one that, uh, that they've kind of kept consistent and you can really hear it's the, definitely the same song, you know, mixed up and changed for the different regions, but definitely the same song. Uh, so yeah, we've talked about Pokemon before, but obviously developed by game freak and, uh, published by Nintendo and started in, uh, 1998 was, uh, red green blue and yellow uh although yellow yellow was a year later that's right yeah but um but red green and blue and then all the way up to 2016 with sun and moon was our last one so um the primary composer and uh lead you know head of music and sounds uh forever and i've talked about this uh gentleman before but it's junchi Masueda. um he's kind of been the head guy forever and on red and blue, he basically did everything. He did the creature sounds. He did the music. He did any sound effects in the game. You know, the bike sound, whatever have you, (laughs) what have you that it was all him. Um, And uh, one of the things that was interesting and I've, I I just, I keep bringing this up, but in different games I've talked about, I know I talked about it a lot in when I was talking about the halo series, but the idea of music not becoming too repetitive. And one of the things he said that was uh, interesting that he did, even on red and blue was he would loop the music in different places throughout the, whenever you were in a particular level for a long time. So he had a couple different loop um, sections and it would randomly. Yeah. Like a modular
1: kind of song, right?
0: Exactly. So that it wouldn't get, too repetitive Mm -hmm. so I thought that was interesting the other thing he talked about too was how much work it was um on red and blue to shrink everything down to get it small enough so it was like I was trying to compose these you know like catchy tunes and stuff people would remember that was brought back good feelings for people but it was so hard because he had so little space to work with Mm. so that was kind of cool so after uh Junchi uh did it uh uh, after the first game he kind of became more involved in development and programming and a Gentleman by the name of Go. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. His first name is actually Go, and then his, <laughs> that, that's easy. Just yeah, stick his last his name, name is Go. Ichinose. I'm going to say something like that. Um, he Go <laughs> started started kind of took over uh, composition and arrangement for a lot of the games. So those two guys have kind of been the the heads of music throughout the years, along with uh, a lady by the name of Hitomi Saito also was been very involved. And, uh, so we're going to listen to the Pokemon center theme from three different games, red and blue, where it all started, uh, diamond and pearl. And just that, that one for two reasons. Number one, because it was on the DS instead of the game boy advance, which we've all, which we've talked about in the past does not have very good sound. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so we're going to listen to red and blue diamond and Pearl, which was on the DS, the first one on the DS. And then the most uh, recent one, sun and moon, which was on the three. ds So we're actually going to skip, you know, three different console generations and three different games. So uh, let's have a listen to all three of those back to back and uh, we'll talk about them after.
2: named pokemon go after the composer <gasps> oh <Probably. laughs>
0: i don't think so but that's that's quite that's an interesting thought isn't i it? didn't realize that was an english word go
2: yeah <laughs> i don't know what it means in english
0: yeah so yeah like you were saying they recycled the sounds for pokemon go or like they kind of updated them yeah, but yeah. it's the same sound but it's, it's the just like a higher event. resolution yeah. but uh the only
2: exception is pikachu Oh, but yeah, actually has this. his voice from the anime, it's which true, I yeah.
0: love. <laughs> when I caught my first Pikachu, I was like, this is awesome.
2: Yeah. And Pikachu's never said anything besides his name. Has he N- none of the Pokemon? None do. of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They say, they just say either a piece of their name or their name.
2: So why does, uh, which well,
0: is, that doesn't make any sense. Why does it's no. the
2: most messed up thing I've ever. Yeah. But why, it's, why does, who is it? Meowth? Why does he get to talk? Uh, get to talk? Does, it, Meowth has an elaborate backstory. Yeah.
0: Meowth has a very elaborate backstory for another episode. No, we can talk about it now. It's, it's from the uh, it's from the anime. Do it's you know the story? I do. I do kind of
1: know the story. I was actually doing some research on it a little while ago, just because you know, <laughs> and it, because the episode that that comes from is actually pretty dark, where Meowth yeah, talks about dark. his backstory <laughs> and how uh, I, I don't. Maybe you could do this better because you no, might go have ahead. More and I in. If but uh, I, I think he was almost he fell in love with uh, this other Meowth, and she was unimpressed by him. So he essentially taught himself to talk slowly over time. To do it. And the whole story involves him like getting beat up for being a freak and all this kind of stuff. Oh wow. That's so dark. And like hanging from a tree, they like tie him up and hang him from a tree. And in the end. No. (laughs) (laughs) They don't kill him. In the end, he actually goes to this girl to impress her that he can talk and she rejects him for being a freak, essentially. Well, she can't talk back to him either, but she can Well, I think they
0: can talk in their language. See, the weird thing the, the weirdest thing with Meowth is that even though he speaks English, because he's a Pokemon other Pokemon can understand.
1: Him. Yeah. So they can still communicate with each other, but he can communicate with humans. But don't, don't
2: all the Pokemon understand English. He's like the only English true when, Pokemon cause, translator. Cause in the cartoon, like the trainer yells out a command and they understand. Oh, it's right? like your dog, right? Okay. They're, they're, you've taught him a few like <laughs> simple tricks. I'm and getting too, too deep on this. I don't, I don't know anything about Pokemon. So,
1: but I think in the end, the girlfriend, the girl he was actually going after, um, she went for Persian, the leader of this gang. It also involves this like, this gang of Meowths led
0: by a Persian. Persian's like the evolution, The right? evolution yeah. of, ma- yeah. of Meowth. Okay. I thought, I thought, I might be wrong, but I thought the storyline was when he went back to see her, she had evolved. And that's oh, why she would like rejected him now because now he was like a lower class. But maybe I, I'm totally I don't wrong. Remember maybe seeing, I made that up. I remember
1: seeing that. They were from different classes, but I don't think she was ever evolved. She was never a Persian. Okay. But she was like, you know.
0: In a, in the gang She was She was
1: kind of like from a rich side of town. And okay. he was nobody. Yeah, he was scum, yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. He dragged himself up from the street. But she was also tangled up in this gang. And then it also gets like tangled up in Team Rocket as well. It, it's this. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I not doing it justice. <laughs> it's a I totally encourage <laughs> you to, to look up this story online because yeah. it is quite sad. Yeah. Mel has the a the very like tragic
0: tale yeah. and it, it's just funny. Cause he's like, he seems like one of those characters where like he's a bad guy, but only because of his circumstances. Like yeah. he never wanted to be bad or like, like, the Team Rocket characters kind of, like, thrive on being the bad guys, mm-hmm. but he just has to, like, kind of has so, to go along with them because the, they're the only family he's ever known. So exactly,
1: and they're the only ones who's ever accept, accepted him despite being a freak within the world, right? Yeah, so.
0: but you would think that he would be, like, the most useful Pokemon <laughs> in the world, right? <laughs> like, he should be, like, an ambassador or something. Yeah, there's yeah, this whole sequence
1: uh, where he's, like, he's hiding in, like, the rafters of a school, yeah. and he's, like, teaching himself to speak, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's
0: it's... It's a very strange episode, but Pokemon's had some dark, dark episodes, yeah actually, I heard recently like in the in the in the most newest uh iteration of the anime is with all the new uh Pokemon from Sun and Moon. I guess there's like a cat Pokemon and then there's one that's very much a dog Pokemon in the new version, and there's this like cat and dog and they're like best buddies, and then the dog like gets hurt or something and they try and get it to the Poké center, but then it dies. And like the cat is like totally like torn up about it and like crying. And then you see like the dog in the clouds and it's like, wow. it's I, so I read dark.
1: about this one. They even go to like the professor. I can't remember the professor of the Lola version is like, is, yeah. is, is such and such Pokemon going to be okay. And he's like lowers his eyes. And it's like this very
0: like, yeah, he's, he's clearly dead. Yeah. So it's very like Pokemon. That's the thing is like, it was a kid's show. But some of the episodes are kind of messed up, like yeah. <laughs> for kids anyway, yeah. but uh, How I don't you know. learn about the world, kids, yeah, Pokemon. through Pokemon, yeah, yeah. if you le- just watch Pokemon, you'll know <laughs> everything you need to know about the world, <laughs> but yeah, Steph's always commented that she was like, Pokemon's such a messed up world, just in that like. You know, eleven-year-old kids are just yeah. their mom like kicks them out of the house, and they're like, "Yeah, go roam the world." They don't even Full kick them out. It's like deadly monsters. Yeah, they don't <laughs> even kick them out. It's like that's what you do. They you want to be choice. a Pokemon trainer?
1: You yeah. gotta leave home when you're 11, and you just gotta roam.
0: Yeah, wander. No you school. Know, come back
1: and visit sometime. Maybe yeah. if you want. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll. I'll call you on my video phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it,
2: Is there any option to not be a Pokemon trainer? Or? Yeah, you can just be a normal dude. But okay. it's just funny. Like every Pokemon. kid in the world does seem to be See, a trainer and it it wants like to it. be a trainer, right?
0: It's like it's like the ultimate. It's like an NBA you know star a sports star
1: and yeah. I'm playing I'm actually I'm playing moon right sun, now yeah uh, I know I'm playing sun I got sun not yep. moon which is weird because usually i pick the other one but anyway <laughs> this is the first Pokemon game I've played since the original since red actually yep. since yellow because I owned red played and beat that yep. I then played yellow because yep. I like Pikachu who doesn't and then I bought gold and silver Never played them. I bought Ruby and Sapphire. Never played them. You bought both? I bought both. I have both <laughs> Gold and Silver and Ruby and Sapphire. And then you've and never, played I've never played them? I've never played them. And then I kind of fell out of the Pokemon series forever, except for maybe, you know, Pokemon Pinball yep. and Puzzle League and you know, all like the offshoot kind of nonsense. But, and this is the first traditional main series Pokemon game that I've played since then. And it's like an old shoe. It's.
0: Yeah, like apparently uh, X and Y and then Sun and Moon are two of the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon iterations like I know X and Y was super praised when it came out, and Sun and Moon got a lot of that same praise too. So, and that's part of the reason I picked. Not only is it the last one, um, it's also part of the reason because I know you've played it, and mm-hmm. then I've played the uh, Diamond and Pearl, and then obviously we both played. Yeah, Red, and it's Blue, nice. So.
1: Talking from a musical perspective, is that if you don't know about Sun and Moon, it takes place in a different region, the Alola region, which yeah. is essentially Hawaii. Pokemon Hawaii, right? Yeah. So it's got this great, yeah, it's got <laughs> a very like tropical vibe to it, and it's you know it's a nice update to the series and it's got some really interesting music as well.
0: Yeah, so just a couple more fun tidbits um, that I wanted to talk about before we move on. Um, Diamond and Pearl also had a a night version of the Pokemon Center. I played the day version because I think it's like more similar and the night version is just like a more slowed down chill version so you can go listen to that one too. Uh, And then um, the music for me, like I always liked it and I was playing it and uh, my girlfriend Steph's a big Pokemon fan too and she was like, this music's just kind of sort of relaxing, isn't it? Like even the original one and you're like, yeah, it's cause like, you know, you're safe. You know, like when you're in a Pokemon center, you're totally safe. You know, all your Pokemon are going to get healed up for free, which is great. Right. Cause even if they're all on like one HP, you give them a nurse, nurse joy yeah. and she heals them all up for you. And, uh, and then you can, you can trade out your team there too. Uh, that's where the battling, um, like the, uh, when, if you, when you wanted to battle in red and blue, you had to go there yeah. and then you, you use your link cables and then you could battle and trade bills pc and all that it bills pc yeah. that's right that's <laughs> no, right yeah it's just the pc in yeah. the corner <laughs> yeah um the generic pc but and then uh now it's um the online systems are all in the pokemon centers and stuff you you would know more about that than yeah. I would.
1: but yeah i mean uh honestly even though i have sun zelda came out and it distracted me from all things in the world yeah so but you played a bit of it right? i did play a bit of it and i did even a little bit of online trading mostly because i you know i don't know a lot of people are playing with it and of course like most versions there's exclusive to one version exclusive to the other yep. so i'm trying to like grab exclusives for my version even stupid low level ones and like just you just throw them in the pool and say hey i'm looking for x and i'm offering y
0: right so are you getting a bunch of the japanese names
1: no no i'm oh, not Oh, really I,
0: because that was the diamond and pearl had the the online trading system and um it was funny cuz there there was this thing that happened when that i think it, it might have been the first version of it to have online trading but um Every it was funny because like there became this big trend in Japan to get English named Pokemon, mm-hmm. and there was this huge trend in like America and Canada to get Japanese named Pokemon. <laughs> so it was like mutually beneficial. So people would trade the same Pokemon with like the same levels, the same stats, pretty much the same you know move sets, and, but it, they just wanted the different names.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't I have actually noticed anything like that. It seems like most people who are trading stuff are not trading like this is my beloved Pokemon. Nibbler or whatever, like, (laughs) you know, it's basically like, I caught this garbage Pokemon in the wild. I'll trade it with whatever garbage Pokemon you have. And uh, the only Pokemon I've really traded for is um, in the trading sequence of uh, Abracadabra Alakazam. Is that mm-hmm. Alakazam you can only get through trading? He will only evolve oh, after Once a trade. you trade him. And yeah. that's, you know, that's all the way back to the first Pokemon yep. as well. And so I had this Abra. I trained him up really good. I got my Kadabra. He was really good. Then I remembered that I had to trade him to get him to be an Alakazam because I really wanted an Alakazam on my team. So I had to trade my Kadabra for another, for another Kadabra. Kadabra. Yeah. And the Al the Kadabra that I got was garbage. <laughs> so I got this garbage Alakazam for this awesome. Cadaver. Kadabra that probably became an awesome Alakazam, Alakazam for yeah. somebody else. Too so. bad. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Cause that it's
0: just funny because that's the Pokemon I'm trying to evolve right now in Pokemon go. Yeah. I'm still playing Pokemon go everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm the last one, but
1: um, I'm, I'm getting sucked back in. Are you getting sucked back? Ever,
0: ever since the new, uh, with all the new Pokemon, it's just like, it's got me into it again. Yeah. And I, wanna, I want to, I want to, you know, build up my Pokedex again. Not that I had a completed Pokedex before, <laughs> but I want to get closer. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to get a uh, Alakazam because mm-hmm. I've got an Abra. I've got a Dabra, but I want yeah. Alakazam because he's so cool. Anyway, <laughs> one of the coolest. Psychic Pokemon. Pokemon with a mustache. That's all you need. And he have. has two spoons that he can two bend. Spoons. <laughs> the spoons, the mind
2: bending spoons. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
0: Alakazam. <laughs> so that's it for, uh, for my pick. Jordan, what do you got for this this week?
2: I'm talking about everybody's favorite Sunsoft franchise. <gasps> Acro the Acrobat. Fester's Quest. Oh, awesome. No. Well, uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> no. I wish you'd talk about Fester's Quest. That's a good game. Yeah, but it's not, uh, there's no evolution of it that I'm aware of. Mm. Um, there's no sequel to Fester's Quest. No. Fester's th- Second Quest. There were a couple Arrow the Acrobat games, but yeah, I, think so. I don't know if I would want to talk about those. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Blaster Master. Oh, yeah. So a game originally came out in 1988. And when I say it's by Sunsoft, it's it's been published by Sunsoft since the beginning. Um, but not always uh, developed by Sunsoft. So the very first one was by a company called Tokai Engineering, and that was um, a small development team of about five people. So the classic that everybody loves was like most games back in the time, you know, just a very small part-time team, guys like working working twenty-four-seven and like, making their dream game. Such a generic like Tokai Engineering. It's like that's not a fun or a festive game. That's no, game. that's just fun. it was. There was probably five dudes that like were in this like old rundown building, and there was mm. a, a sign that already said Tokai Engineering, and that's where they <laughs> yeah. they set up their computers. They're like, yeah,
0: they took up the Tokai Engineering offices. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they're like, <laughs> they just right, had to have, well. have
2: deliveries made, and so you know. Yeah. Well, what are we going to write on the thing? So. <laughs> That's awesome. Which could be totally false, but I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Um, we should update Wikipedia now. That's so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the, so I want to talk about the evolution of the very first song in the game, area one. And to most people that has sort of become the unofficial theme song to the series. When sure. I say blaster master and I think about the music, I'm sure most of us like Mike earlier, before we started recording, what did, what were you humming? It was you were like, there you go. Well, Let's let's stop talking. Let's just go into the song because how can I follow that up? So let's listen to Area One from the very first Blaster Master from 1988. I love I love the intro to that song oh, like that, so good. that intro yeah. is so iconic and what I love is like the song loops but it never loops that intro because that intro is the best part, but, and that's like that's your blast off moment. Yeah, that's your like let's go kick some ass. Um, that that iconic intro is uh, is actually pretty interesting because I didn't know up until researching this game that uh, that everything I thought I knew about Blaster Master is is only like partly true because um, the original game was called MetaFight in Japan. I didn't know that it was called MetaFight, and the story. Totally different. Now I know you know the story, Mike. Do you know the story of Blasterman? <laughs> no, nope, okay. I don't. I okay, love, I love that it's slapped on to a completely oh, yes. game, like so, Power
1: Ranger style. But
2: yeah, so when I so real quick, the uh, the story of the original version MetaFight, um, so it takes place on this planet called Sophia the Third in the year 2052. Oh, we're p- almost there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, unfortunately, we're almost there. Back when this game was made, it was like 70 years ago, but. Um, Emperor Goes has conquered space and declared himself a (sighs) god. Space. The only survivors are of, uh, of his attacks is this science academy that's habiting this satellite in space. The survivors have all, like, sort of band together and developed this all-purpose fighting tank, and it's called Metal Attacker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. That, like, they got this crazy, creative, over-the-top story, and then they made a car
2: called Metal Attacker. <laughs> is Metal <this> the, Attacker. <laughs> so this is
0: the Japanese story? This is the original true
2: yeah. version of Blaster Master. Okay. Excuse me. Um, so the tank is called Metal Attacker, driven by you a boy named Kane Gardner to lead the counterattack against Emperor Goez now when the game came to <laughs> north names america are so crazy. <laughs> when the name came to when the game came to north america um, there was a bit of controversy over the uh, over-the-top story, the anime, <laughs> the, the anime style that it was influenced by, and they sort of westernized it.
1: So the story they came up with, because it was so crazy, like... Tell us no, the story. No, you, you, you tell the story, because it, doesn't, it just, it's like if they wanted to make it better or, like, less
2: insane, they certainly did Or didn't. maybe more relatable to yeah. the dumb Americans that we are. I don't know. Like, the, the, that always seems to be the case, is that they water it down or dumb it down, uh, simplify it in some form... So Blaster Master, for those that don't know, you play as a boy who jumps into a hole chasing after his pet frog Fred. When he falls in the hole, he finds a tank. He climbs inside <laughs> and rides <Of> it, <laughs> and rides it so he can go find his frog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it though because
1: that's like, that's the most ridiculous, like, 10 year old wish oh, I'm fulfillment I'm so glad fantasy I didn't know that like <laughs> Kind of thing in the world. It's like, I had a pet frog. He fell in a hole, but instead of just losing my frog, no, I'm going to go down that hole and have an awesome space adventure <laughs> in Metal Attack.
0: How big was this hole? Was There's a the tank was, in the hole. Well,
1: yes. He went down the hole, and the tank was down there just parked for no reason yeah. at all. And then he gets in the tank, and this
2: almost whole world opens up outside yeah. of that. So he gets in the, into the tank, and then dun, da, 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 that's where the game starts. Oh, that's so, so great. It, at the time, when we were kids we didn't know that it was a bad story we were like who cares story isn't important i'm in a cool tank and i can shoot and this music is awesome
1: but the story despite not being important was memorable because totally. even so many years later having even through like 20 years of not having played blaster master
2: yep. that stupid frog chasing story always stuck with that's, me that's that that's important to me yeah. i i really that's that's to me what blaster master is <laughs> the stupid frog named fred and you got to save him. That's so, so funny. They recycled some of the information, like the planet Sophia the third became the name of your tank in Blaster Master. It was called Metal Attacker. It was, called, yeah. <laughs> <metal> attacker <laughs> was pretty cool. <laughs> but Sophia the third actually kind of sounds like um, some sort of a, a you know, a, a tank that's named after. Her. Like Hellcat. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of guys it's like naming your ship after, you After know, a, a woman, a female, yeah, yeah uh-huh. Sophia III. So, um, um, the third. So the gate, like... <laughs> There's a, so Blaster Master was pretty unique for its time. It was a Metroidvania-style game, um, different different modes of gameplay. Like you're in the tank, you can jump out of the tank, and it's all like a 2D side scroller. You can go inside these labyrinths, and then it be, uh, changes to a, a top-down perspective. So really unique for its time. Really cool, um, and amazing soundtrack. And, let's be well, honest, only
1: the tank parts were any good. I liked
2: all of it. I did. <laughs> you know, I nobody liked the super deformed giant head walking around in the cavern. Park. I did because. The, uh, the weapon upgrades, I loved when you had a maxed out weapon and the crazy, like, uh, Sunsoft sound effects and the rainbow laser uh, <laughs> gun you could shoot. And the boss fights were really fun. I, I liked the boss fights. I don't remember the boss fights. Maybe I never got that far. I just wanted to drive around to the tank all day. I'm pretty sure one of the bosses... You just are,
0: got past the tank part and hit reset. <laughs> yeah, I'm like,
1: as soon as I got out of the tank and got in that first door where it went to that other one, I'm like, what is
2: this garbage? And then I left oh. and got back in the tank. So yeah. you never got as far as fighting one of the bosses that was Fred the Frog. <sighs> No, I don't think it did. Yeah, there was like actually two frog bosses for some reason now, recycled bosses I got to wonder though was the frog boss from the
1: original uh, Japanese version was there a frog boss in it maybe that's where got, they got the whole frog well, idea the,
2: the, that could be it right because in the original <laughs> you weren't chasing after your pet frog down a hole you know yeah. but you were
0: chasing <laughs> after the guy who conquered space so yeah. a, f- a frog conquered space well no, not no,
1: even no, the frog <laughs> conquered space, in the space boss. He, oh, okay. maybe <laughs> yeah. he had a frog boss minion or you, you know he you're a frog in minion. space maybe yeah. there's just giant frogs that's, that's so. the
2: final boss I'm showing Mike a picture because I have a picture of the boss on me. It's kind of like an uh, alien yeah. frog. Yeah. It, he's, he's, well, he's, he's the, he's on the cover of the game. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So if you've seen blaster master the game, you know, the crazy alien guy on the cover, that's, that's one of the bosses you fight. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I like, honestly, if you haven't heard the whole soundtrack, it's one of my favorite soundtracks on the NES. Definitely check it out. I want to talk about the evolution of that first song though. So real quick, I'm going to blow through some other games here. Um, there was um, a follow-up, a spin-off on the Game Boy called Blaster Master Boy, which turned out to be sort of a Bomberman ripoff, which I started researching and it actually ties back to Hudson in a way. So it in some form is not necessarily a ripoff, but sort of a joint effort. Um, which is interesting. I'd like to look do more research and talk about that on another episode. Uh, there was an official sequel on Genesis uh, or the Master System. Uh, no, so no, it was on the Genesis, 1993. Uh, Blaster Master 2. This was developed by Software Creations, the company that did all those amazing games that I talked about in Kasoge month. So... You yeah. know, <laughs> if you don't Quote know that yeah. crap games, I, uh, they don't reuse any of the original music and, uh, it sounds horrible. It's like, you know, when you hear that Genesis sound and it's too Genesis uh. and you have to like, kind of, it's like. Like, Uh, twangy, gritty kind uh, of. Yeah, yeah. So some of the songs on this are like that. And I'm sure if you've played the game, you grew up with it, you'll argue with me on this (laughs) point. But it hurt my ears, and I had to stop listening. I can't believe I owned Genesis and never even heard of that game. Master, Master 2. Yeah, uh, I don't think it reviewed very well. I think it was considered average. Um, there so I w- assume
0: we're not listening to that. We right? are not.
2: No, okay. <laughs> I, we're not going to listen to Blaster Master Boy either because it's not really a true Blaster Master game. Okay. Um, plus, n- neither of those games have the evolution of the Area 1 theme. But then we get to the Game Boy Color in two, in the year 2000, and they did uh, an almost remake uh, and by that, I mean that it's kind of the original game on the Game Boy Color, but they changed a few elements and they modified it a little bit. There's some identical Is areas. like the
0: Super Metroid of Blaster Master sort of?
2: Um, well, not really. I guess it would be like the Metroid Zero to... Zero Mission. Sorry, that's what I meant. Zero yeah. Mission. Sorry, Metroid Zero. Um Uh, Yeah, Zero Mission version where it's like there are areas that are just identical and other areas that like this didn't happen before or it's been modified. It's an expansion
1: of the original game, essentially.
2: Yeah. Um, So this is on the Game Boy Color. But again, you have to realize this is 12 years later from the original. So let's listen to a piece of that. 12 years, you think <laughs> something better would come along, but I guess it comes down to uh, the sound chip or what they were working with.
1: But even by uh, Game Boy standards, it's like, you hear the Game Boy chip, sound chip, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, do some pretty incredible things. Totally, I but agree. we just
0: did, right? We just heard the Poké Center yeah, thing. which is... And it's like, it, this sounds... It sounds like there's no sustain on anything. Yeah,
1: it sounds it sounds very simple. Like, they yeah. basically did it like the most simple arrangement of the original theme, but didn't really you know, take advantage of all the instrumentation that they actually had.
2: And the stereo sound, I don't hear much separation. Yeah, I couldn't find a version with stereo because I know most are in stereo, but I couldn't find a version. Now, it was a little bit of a letdown considering, you know, how much time had passed and we've all heard great, soundtracks from the Game Boy. Um, The whole soundtrack, though, is a recreation of the original. So, you know, just maybe for interest's sake, if you listen to the original soundtrack, um, it's almost a watered-down version of the NES uh, soundtrack in its entirety on the Game Boy. So that's kind of neat. But moving along, a few months later, in the era of uh, 3D, when... Everybody was doing remakes of 3D stuff. Yep. Uh, we got a game, and this is probably the best title of any of the Blaster Master games. It was called Blaster Master Blasting Again. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out on the PS1 in the same year of 2000. Uh, it was by Crave Entertainment. And I looked up Crave Entertainment, and they made a game called Baby Pals on the DS. <laughs> is that it? Because I swear no, i have heard they've... of Crave before. And <laughs> Baby done... Pals is not on my radar. No, no. They've done a lot of other games, yeah. but I uh, came across Baby Pals. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, they uh, they so did, they're did their crowning achievement. Yeah, yeah. all you need a You want to do Blaster Master? Well, you did Baby Pals. So <laughs> yeah. You're hired. Exactly.
1: Once
0: you do Baby Pals, yeah, your every, set every set door, is, door anyway. is open. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, it was a, a 3D version of Blaster Master in a third person view. Um, not much to say about it because it was almost uh, an entirely new, different game, just kind of holding on to the, the franchise name. Um, and then uh, 10 years later, in the year 2010, we got Blaster Master Overdrive. And this was a WiiWare exclusive. Again, this was one of the first ones. Um, let's see here. This was not the. F- uh, this was probably the third one that was developed by Sunsoft. Um, so they got the original creator of the first one from 1988, and he came back. And I guess you could call this one a Blaster Master remaster because it's uh, it's Which almost. They should have. Yeah, they should have. That should have yeah. been the name of Blaster it. Blaster Master Remaster. I'd play that. But this game. one was called Blaster Master Overdrive. And I remember when I first played this one, I was excited because all I wanted it to be was like the HD remake of the exact old NES version. And it kind of was. But a lot of WiiWare exclusives that came out at the time kind of left this like aftertaste in your mouth. Like, I don't know if you ever played... Um, there's other other ones that I can compare this to. There was Castlevania Rebirth and Contra Rebirth. And you play those games and you know they're remakes of old original uh, Castlevania Contra games. But then it just... It has this like level of polish and cheese to it and this really weird MIDI soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it feels very B-team.
2: Yeah, it does. It's like, it just makes you want to go and play the the, the original version, you know? So I was a little bit let down with this uh, WiiWare remake, but it was pretty cool. Again, they went through and did the entire soundtrack over again. So with that, let's go back and listen to Area 1 from uh, Blaster Master Overdrive.
1: they got the original creator to come back and work on the game. Do you mean the original creator of the Japanese version where he's fighting like the king of space or whatever the hell he's fighting or yes. are we talking about? Yeah. Cause it okay. would have been well, Sunsoft, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. He was involved in, but uh, his remake
1: I assume is also based on the American
2: version with Fred the Frog. Well, that's the thing. The original, uh, MetaFight didn't do so hot in Japan. And when Blaster Master turned out to be excess, a uh, big success in North America and Europe, they decided Blaster Master's the game. So yeah. MetaFight was sort of dropped and going forward, it became the Blaster Master franchise. So, um, the story always <laughs> followed Fred the Frog. Yeah. And uh, kind of dropped the whole uh, metal attacker <laughs> or meta fight. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's so funny how things
0: hit and don't hit in different yeah. regions, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I'm 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 not 100 percent sure, but I'm
1: willing to bet Blaster Master is a much bigger franchise in Japan now because of its notoriety. In the
2: West, so. probably yeah, probably get a lot of people in Japan wanting to play uh, Blaster Master and not playing Fight. Yeah. There were there were a few like slight changes between the two because um, there was there was one area in particular that they removed from Blaster Master because it was again too hard for <laughs> you know American audiences. There was like a suicide jump or like a leap of faith area, and they deemed that particular part too hard in the game and they removed it altogether. But uh, is that
0: like kind of like the uh, Mega Man like tunnels and stuff like that where you had to know. Which way to go and um, stuff
2: like that? Kind of, yeah. Like, you almost needed to... Like, the leap of faith being, like, if I, I don't know where else you to can't go... see the landing? I can't see where I'm going. I'm going to have to jump. And, of course, this is when you're in your human mode where you can die from falling from, like, three inches off the ground, so... It's like one of those leap of faith. You jump. Oh, look! There's a ladder. I better catch it. And then, uh, you know, if you succeed, then you keep playing. And if you fail, then you know. And that's another thing. The original was so hard. There were no save states. Uh, I don't remember ever getting any extra lives. And you only had two to start. And there were wow. no continues. And you had to beat it in one 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 sitting. Like no Unless passwords you or anything. The game genie. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I didn't at the time. Yeah. Crushing, so. crushingly hard. And that brings us to our last entry in the Blaster Master series. And I'm sure most people that are following the uh, current Nintendo news, they uh, just released Blaster Master Zero on the 3DS and Switch. Just came out this year, uh, actually last month. And this one was developed by Inti Creates. And uh, one of the first ones where Sunsoft wasn't entirely involved. So uh, I'm not sure if they had any any hand in this at all, but... Um, This one kind of got me like, uh, the soundtrack at least, kind of got me like, if anyone remembers, the GoldenEye remake that came out a few years back. It was good. Where they showed, uh, yeah. Daniel (laughs) Craig. Where they showed, well, they showed the damn level as much as possible, and they played like the familiar theme songs. And then once you get to level two, you're like, oh there goes Goldeneye, and here's a brand new game. Like, they sort of, like, rope you in with the trailer, right? So (laughs) it was still a good game. I actually quite liked the single The multiplayer was no good. But that game was, I I actually really enjoyed the Goldeneye remake. It was a good game, except you were hugely let down if you were expecting it to be an HD remake of Goldeneye. Yeah, like, if you wanted it to be, like, exactly the same. I really enjoyed the story mode. But uh, when I got to multiplayer and I did, no, I saw the there was no, no uh, there's no complex and facility, I yeah, no, was no. pretty pissed off. Yeah, the multiplayer <laughs> was garbage in that, yeah. but
1: as a single-player game, it was pretty decent. And you're right, yeah, the, the dam was the highlight, but beyond that, it, it was changed. actually a
2: solid game underneath that was mostly a tribute to the original rather yeah. than a straight-up remake. And so with Blaster Master, it probably ties in closer to the original than Gold and I did, um, but... Uh, the first thing I noticed before I even bought the game, I'm like, I need to hear the soundtrack. I want to know what I'm going to be listening to when I get this. Cause if it sounded like garbage, that actually would have persuaded me not to get the game. So very first song, luckily we get an area one theme because like I said, it's sort of that, uh, unofficial soundtrack or theme song to blaster master, but the rest of the soundtrack was all new. I'm not going to say it was a bad thing because the soundtrack's pretty good but I was hoping for some uh, updated familiar songs. Yeah. So
1: They just take that one that you consider the theme, and that's the
2: recognizable that's, one, so that's
1: the one that will appear from
2: here yeah, until the here, end of time in
1: Blaster Master.
2: Here's the one we play in the trailer and get everybody yeah. to buy the game, and then we'll do our own thing after. So, it's the one we'll hear when we finally get Blaster Master remastered. Blaster Master Remastered coming in uh, (laughs) 2020. No, 2052 when (laughs) Emperor (laughs) Goez comes to conquer us. So uh, let's listen to the 3DS and Switch one from Blaster Master Zero. Here's Area 1. So I, I took that from a video because that intro part wasn't actually part of the official soundtrack. Oh, okay. And I had to include it because, for obvious reasons, the best part of the song is not included in the song. That's right. Oh, we don't yeah, get yeah. that uh, So I, I included the section where the car takes off so you can hear how different it is, but that's not the official it doesn't ben.
1: get you as, hump, as humped, as oh. pumped, <laughs> It doesn't get me as
2: humped anyway. It doesn't get me as pumped as the original, so. Yeah, no, no you
0: need that buildup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's, for me, that's the the best part of the song is that uh, momentum that, that the song starts off with. A quicker tempo. Yeah, yeah, it's a, you know, it still tries to retain some of that uh, retro sound that, uh, you know, Eight um, bit, yeah, replicating the NES sound chip a, a little, little bit, bit, but then layering in more complex instrumentation. Well, and not just stuff. that, but like very sunsoft sounding. Yeah, yeah. Because there were a lot of different sounds. Like if you go from a Konami game to a, to a Capcom game, you'll hear the difference in sound chips. But they all so, had their different tricks. So. Yeah, yeah. This one's very much sunsoft. So I'm just gonna credit the uh, the original composer of uh, the Area One theme. His name was Naoki Kodaka. And the creator of, of Blaster Master attributes um, him to, being, to giving the good reputation that Sunsoft had for creating amazing music in the late 80s and early 90s. So anything that you think of um, that uh, Sunsoft created back in the day, like the original Batman, Fester's Quest, Spy Hunter, Return of the Joker, Journey to Silius, Gremlins 2, that was this guy. Mm. So Very cool hats off to him. It was a great soundtrack going through the whole library blaster master. And, uh, yeah, that was area one theme. Fun times.
0: All right. All right. So that is it for, uh, this month of game evolution. We hope you enjoyed this topic. Uh, now because it's the last episode, we're going to go on to the game, but just before we do that, we will talk about the game giveaway. So, uh, this month we're giving away super hexagon. Yeah. Got it right. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Super Monkey Ball, as I like to call it, but <laughs> yeah. or also don't, or Super Monkey Ball Island. Yeah, <laughs> Super Monkey Ball Island. <laughs> what kind of game would that even Monkey be? Monkey Island 2 HD. Is it just Monkey Turbo. Island 2 HD? I,
1: I think it's Monkey Island 2 uh, Remastered. I remastered?
0: Think. Okay. One of those. Yeah, it's got Remastered. The new Monkey or, Island
1: 2. I don't think it has HD in the title. Okay. It's it's it might be Monkey 2 Remastered. So. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 no one knows what we're giving away. And then uh, we are going to give away... Uh, blaster master zero as well that's cool. also in the pot now so one of those three games can be yours uh, for the low low price of nothing as long as all you got to do is hop on Twitter and hit us up at VGM generations and interact with us in any which way you like like dislike like or I don't think you can disagree, send, send,
2: send Mike a picture of, uh, you know, you and a swelfie after you uh, <laughs> hit the gym, hit the gym, Anything My, you Mike, want. Mike likes, as long Swelfies. as you're holding,
0: like, as long as you're holding like a Game Boy or something, I want, <laughs> I want
2: like the old Nintendo powers. I want physical
1: fan mail with art on the envelopes, please.
0: If you do that, yeah. you just instantly win. Yeah. Yeah, Let's yeah. say that if you send us, if you figure out our address, <laughs> number one, yeah. and manage to send us uh, hand drawn fan art, instant win. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, any interaction on Twitter gets you an entry for another entry. You can leave us a comment on SoundCloud or uh, most helpfully a review on iTunes. And uh, yeah, that's all you have to do to win that game. Uh, so, but now it's time for the name that tune game because it's the final episode of the month. So Jordan's pen, already gripping his pen. Oh yeah. Pens at the ready. <laughs> I'm
2: uh, locked and loaded. <laughs> so
0: we have a uh, last, last month was a special edition. Uh, it was all Zel- Zelda sound effects. Uh, I believe Aaron won, uh, but I it was, believe it was close. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> show he you believes. my championship we might, belt. We yeah, might have right. to check the tapes. So yeah. I don't we know. We have to check the tape, but yeah, but it was a close fight. So uh, we have another theme uh, this month, but I'm not going to mention it just yet um, because uh, they'll know it as soon as we go through. But anyway, so uh, we're doing it in the same format as last time, which is to play all the sounds back to back really quick. And uh, then you got to write them down. So you get uh, three listens of the sounds that I'll, you know, we'll space them out, obviously, so that you guys have some time to scribble down your answers. But so uh, anyway, I'll have you listen to them uh, first and then just one time. And then I'll tell you what the uh, what the bonus points point structures are, because the point structure changed a bit for this one. Hmm. So um, actually, what can I say? No, yeah, just listen to them once and then and then I'll tell you. All right, so here we go. Here's the first listen. Ready? Yes. So there's your five sounds.
2: I almost got them all. <laughs> Damn. I son. Think, I
0: think you guys are going to get them all. So the structure for this is, um, obviously, now you know, so obviously now yeah. what they, what they are is like startup sounds is kind of the yeah. the theme of this month. So um, on the ones that aren't um, aren't specifically console startup sounds, if you can name me the console that the sound is played from, that's your bonus point. So this is this is going to be the differentiator. So in there are some console startup sounds and some uh, like uh, game company Games, logo, like logo sounds yeah. you could call them. Yeah. So if you can tell me the bonus points on this one come from there's three. So there's like three bonus points available essentially. If you can tell me the console that it's from, because the different consoles, even with the same developer, had because of the different sound chips, had slightly different sounds. So that's where these extra listens are definitely yeah. going to come in. Oh, so okay. you
2: want the uh, the name and the console.
0: So I want the the name of the company and then the name of the console for the non-console startup sounds. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're gonna play them again. For yeah. Me. No, definitely. So here you go. Here's your second lesson. I'll give you a little more volume on this one. <laughs> So there's your second listen of all those startup sounds. Do you guys need a third listen? Just a sec. All right. Yeah, I, I want to listen one more time. Okay.
2: Yeah, whenever you want.
0: Aaron, whenever. I'll yeah, go ahead. leave it to you. All go right. Ahead. Those are your three listens. So by my math, there is eight possible points with bonus points. I thought you were going to say eight points.
2: answers. I was like, no, 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 I no. missed a
0: bunch. <laughs> no, 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 just eight possible points. So five, five sounds, if you will, and then eight total points. I'm going to get at least two points. All right, very good. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. All right. So uh, the first one, I think normally Jordan, I ask you first, so I'll ask Aaron first. So Aaron, what did you uh, what did you have? For I down, one? I wrote down, it's the Capcom. Capcom, uh, sound? that's correct. Yeah. Now what game system? I wrote Super Nintendo. That is correct.
2: So, Jordan? I put the same exact thing, except I wrote from Street Fighter to Turbo. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the game isn't specific. There's no I'm asking yeah. for extra yeah. bonus points already. Alright, so yeah, you guys both get two points for that one. Alright, so uh, The second sound is Aaron. It is the uh, Game Boy startup screen. Correct.
2: Actually, no, no, I had something slightly different. What did you have? I had the Super Game Boy.
0: Oh, you're because, both wrong. Because, because the
2: Super Game Boy player startup screen.
0: Uh, see, now you might have me. I might be wrong, but it's actually the Game Boy Advance startup screen. Oh yeah. Not the oh, Game yeah, Boy. Oh yeah, that's right. Because the so the last sound of the Game Boy Advance sound is the Game it's Boy the, sound, yeah. but that was the that Game little Boy little Advance startup change. screen.
2: See. And, and I'll I'll accept the loss, but you can play Game Boy Advance, so they might have taken the Game Boy Advance startup screen for, for the, the game, Super Game Boy.
0: You said it was the Super Game Boy? Yeah. All right, we're going to check that before the episode's <laughs> over and see if you get a, a, can, a bonus bonus point. Can we but,
2: go to the judges on that one? Yeah, we're
0: going to have to go to the judges so on that we. one. So, we'll,
2: we'll, we'll see if, if we need the extra point at the end. We, we maybe we'll use it. Do we each get one for saying Game Boy or no? No, <laughs> that's, a, get, that's a half point. No, you both you both get nothing for nothing, that Nothing,
0: okay. All right, so the third one is... Uh, Aaron? It is question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I have no idea what this is. Jordan? Well, see, I... Really? (sighs) All right. Anyway, Jordan. Well, okay. It's, see, a, it's an This, this it's is a car driving by. Oh, okay. No idea. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so then we are on the next one because I wasn't sure if that last one was two or not. So nope. that was the, uh, the the N64 logo from Mario Kart 64.
0: Exactly. Yep. Oh, so you get both really, points. So that really, I, I, thought, I didn't have that. See, yeah. these are ones where, like, every week I'm like, oh, they're gonna get all of these, and then all of a sudden there's like this gap in your knowledge that I can't anticipate.
1: No, it's it's
0: been a long time since I've played, mario kart, played mario kart
1: 64 it's all that right. one's been off my radar for too
2: long i'm afraid
0: okay so the third one uh what did you have Eric? i had the
2: ds starter Startup screen up. yep
0: and same
2: nope i put the gba and i knew it was wrong i just didn't okay. know
0: it was so all right so all right so this is all right back to time this is oh <laughs> this is the separator no we're not tied so you're one you're, you're one you're, point ahead because okay. you had two points for yeah. the yeah uh, oh, okay right. uh Track five. So what did
1: you
2: have? I have no idea. I didn't get this one at all. Really? I didn't, it didn't seem familiar to me. Uh, it did to me, but I might get the console wrong. Okay. Uh, okay, so I said it was the Konami theme, our uh, loading screen.
0: Yeah, the Konami logo. Yeah, when
2: the Konami washes down yeah, the screen. It,
0: they call it the laser. Is okay. What I've been From
2: it. the 16-bit era. And so what I console? thought Super Nintendo, but then I listened closely and I said it's probably Genesis.
0: It is Genesis. Cool. All right, so... Yeah, so Sega Genesis. All right, so Jordan takes it.
1: Uh, you know what? Here's, here's an interesting fact. I never owned a single Konami game on the Genesis.
0: Really? You never even played one? Nope. But you know the Konami sound from... From, from what? Super Nintendo, no?
1: No, because I never it was played Super Nintendo. Unless, oh, right, right, it was, right, right. unless they had
2: that on an NES game. Did they you never didn't. play Turtles in Time?
0: No.
2: Uh-huh. So I... I I Think they may have used that same sound in the PlayStation One era. I don't know Which for sure. I didn't as well. They used it. They, I, I know they
0: used it on the Super Famicom as well because yeah. the laser is a different color. Okay. It's purple on the Super Famicom, and I think Super Nintendo. If they used it anywhere, they and did, then yeah. it's green in the Genesis.
1: Now, okay. for for my Konami knowledge, it basically ends at the NES because I never owned anything Konami on the Genesis. Past. Konami okay. was pretty much pretty much non-existent on the N sixty four. Very very light, and yeah. then I can't remember the next Konami game I would have actually played. So, and I never had a PS One. So.
0: Oh okay, crazy. So yeah, all no, right. that one was
1: that one was too hard for me. I'm oh, afraid. Oh man, sorry, yeah. sorry, i No, not no, trying no. handicap <laughs> you so much, but <laughs> it's so hard you're to you know not, you're what not you guys are catering with. to me. Well, it's, I'm just tr- I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. cater to
0: both of you. Yeah. Like when I'm doing this stuff, I'm like, all right, I got to pick stuff that they'll both definitely know. And I thought. I thought for sure the Mario Kart. I thought of you yeah, when I did Mario Kart. I was like, "That's a
1: shoo-in." It's a good idea. It's a good topic. Uh, it yeah. probably like if we had stuck with just like console startups, maybe I might have been done a little better I, there. Yeah.
0: But it's it was still, the logos that threw I like them out. the
2: theme though. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah it was, so yeah.
0: that that was a different thing. But now, Jor- so Jordan's got the belt for the first time. <laughs> I right, off my belt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jordan wins. Jordan wins this round. So yeah, so that was it for our game this month, and that is it for uh, this month. For evolution month we hope you enjoyed it uh, and uh, we will come to you next month with a new topic and if you paid attention in that game there may have been a hint oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah so uh, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next month